Hear the word of God from John chapter 20, verses 24 through 29. This reading comes from the New Revised Standard Version. You can find this reading on page 883 in the Pew Bible. But Thomas, who was called the twin, one of the twelve, was not with them when Jesus came. So the other disciples told him, We have seen the Lord. But he said to them, Unless I see the mark of the nails in his hands and put my finger in the mark of the nails and my hand in his side, I will not believe. A week later, his disciples were again in the house, and Thomas was with them. Although the doors were shut, Jesus came and stood among them and said, Peace be with you. Then he said to Thomas, Put your finger here and see my hands. Reach out your hand and put it in my side. Do not doubt, but believe. Thomas answered him, My Lord and my God. Jesus said to him, Have you believed because you have seen me? Blessed are those who have not seen and yet have, to, have come to believe. The word of God for, for the people of God. Thanks be to God. It's a dark night in a city that knows how to keep its secrets. But in the corner office of a Methodist church, one pastor is still searching for answers to life's most persistent questions. McGray de Vega, preacher guy. springtime in Tampa, or as Floridians refer to it, the weekend before, the weekend between summer and summer. It was also the week after Easter, which means everyone had gone home. The spring breakers and the snowbirds all started their usual migration back up north, and so did the thousands of guests from Easter services last weekend. I walked into my office and sat down to check my schedule for the day. I scratched my head thinking about having to preach yet another sermon this Sunday. No rest for the weary. As Jim Harnish used to say, Sundays happen with disturbing regularity. Yeah, come in. She walked into my office glided in like an angel. Her dress flowed like baptismal water. And her face was so alluring it would make Song of Solomon blush. She was like biblical poetry in motion. As I watched her when she walked, I noticed more compelling lines than the book of Proverbs. Reverend De Vega. Yeah, <clears throat> yes, um, that's me. Uh, what can I do for you? Hello, my name is Mary, Mary Margarine. Margarine, huh? Well, that's a very interesting name. Oh, <laughs> that's kind of you. No need to butter me up. Oh, is that a picture of your daughters behind you? Well, yes, yes, it is. Oh, you're, you're married. No, no, I'm not. <laughs> oh, the life of a single person. But I suppose it's hard for people like you to get married. 
Well, I, I'm not. I'm not sure what you mean. Uh, ministers, I mean. I mean, I heard you people do too much partying to settle down. Too much celebrating. <laughs> the word isn't celebrate. It's celibate, Ms. Marjorie. And no, you're thinking of other folks who can't get married. See, I'm I'm Protestant. Oh. I don't know what that means, but I'm all for equal rights. If people like you want to get married, I'm all for it. All right, all right, all right. Ms. Marjorie, what can I do for you? Well, I have a dear friend that I'm really worried about, and I'm, I'm hoping you can help him. Oh? Yes. His name is Tommy, and, well, I guess it's fair to say he doesn't believe in this faith stuff. He has a particular problem with Easter. He doesn't believe in this talk about Jesus rising from the dead. Mm. Well, that is an interest of mine, Ms. Marjorie. I'll tell you what, I'll take the case. Great. Thank you, Reverend De Vega. You call me McGray. I can't pronounce that. <laughs> if you have time now, how about we just walk over to his house? So I set aside my sermon preparations for this Sunday and I followed Mary Margarine over to Tommy's house nearby. I had no idea what to expect when we got there. But helping people along in their search for meaning in the midst of mystery, it's what I try to do, especially when it comes to the resurrection. Yes? Oh, hello there, Mary. Good to see you. How's the other Mary doing? Oh, she's fine. Out buying spices. <laughs> Let me introduce you to Reverend De Vega from the Methodist Church. Yeah, how do you do there, Tommy? Uh, you can call me McGray. I can't pronounce that. <laughs> you can call me Thomas. A, a preacher, huh? Mary, what are you up to? Well, now, Tommy, I know you and I talked the other day about not believing in the resurrection, and I thought that Pastor Magoo here could help us out. That's nice of you, Mary. Okay, Pastor, come on in. So uh, tell me there, Tommy, uh, I mean uh, Thomas, what seems to be the part of the resurrection story that's hard for you? Well, first a little background. See, I grew up in the church, never missed a Sunday. I learned the Bible really well, came to believe much about the faith, even endured the sermons. <laughs> no offense. Yeah, none taken. Yeah, my parents used to say that the sermons were full of the peace of God and the love of God. Well, that sounds great. Well, they said the sermons were like the peace of God because they surpassed all understanding. And they were like the love of God because they endured forever. Yeah, no offense taken. Anyway, several years ago, I just came to the conclusion that so much about the faith was just too hard to believe, especially the whole part about a man coming back from the dead and living forever. I heard that one Easter Sunday morning in church and realized then and there that I just couldn't believe in the resurrection, and I haven't been back to church since. See, Reverend De Vega, 
Thomas is going to hell. All right, now wait a minute, wait a minute, wait a minute. Mary, it's okay. I mean, it's all right to have doubt. It's okay to search for answers. I mean, that's kind of my line at work. I'll tell you what, Mr. Uh, uh, Thompson. Thomas Thompson? I know. It's a curse. Okay, Mr. Thompson, uh, let me do a little bit of thinking and I'll get back to you, okay? Okay, sure, Pastor Niagara. <laughs> Here's my card. Uh, D. Thomas Thompson, hostage negotiator? Yeah, after sitting through so many sermons in my life, I felt drawn to hostage negotiation. All right. I see. Well, what does the D stand for? Is it your first name? I mean, I bet it's something unpronounceable like mine. That's doubtful. Hmm. We shook hands. We shook hands and I started to head back to the church. My mind was racing with thoughts about my conversation with D. Thomas Thompson. What to tell a guy who doesn't believe in the resurrection? I'm going to have to admit, even a guy like me who believes that science and faith are not incompatible, I can see how that might be a tricky thing to believe in. I decided to stop by the Portico Cafe to clear my head over a cup of joe. My favorite barista, Trixie, was there, and I sat at the counter. Hey there, preacher. Good to see ya. Can I get you the usual? Yeah, that'd be great. Thanks. Ah, why are you looking so glum there, Pastor? Yeah, the usual. Just kind of come down from a really busy Holy Week and Easter. Just trying to recuperate. Mm-hmm. Hey, that reminds me of a joke. What do you get when you cross the Easter bunny with an Easter preacher? I don't know. An Easter basket case. <laughs> yeah, that sounds about right. Well, well, also, there's this conversation I just had with a fellow who's having trouble believing in the resurrection. And I'll have to admit, Trixie, I can remember a time when I would have been right there with him. Mm. Biology major in college, scientific mind, lifelong Christian. You know, some things just didn't quite fit. Well, I sympathize with you. Here, have a scone on the house. Oh, thanks. Just then a guy walked into the coffee shop and everyone greeted him by name. Peter! Hey, Peter! Peter! What's up, man? Apparently his name was Peter. He bounded in full of energy like a bull in a china shop, as in he acted like he just drank five Red Bulls and we were all helpless teacups about to get bowled over. Hey, Trixie, how are ya? How about the usual? Yeah, that's fine. But add another shot of espresso, all right? Actually, make it four shots of espresso. I'm feeling zealous today. So who's this guy? Uh, Hey there, Peter. Uh, My name is McGray. Pleasure to meet you, MacGyver. What do you do for a living? Well, I'm a, I'm a preacher, as a matter of fact. A Methodist preacher at Hyde Park. Well, I'll be. I better be on my best behavior. You know what I mean. Ow! Ow! All right, you've got a pretty strong backslap there, friend. Ha! That's nothing. I'm an even better knee slapper. Will you want to hear some good religious jokes? 
Well, I suppose so. As long as you promise not to hit me again. <laughs> Good one, Ow! preacher. Oh, right. Okay, here goes. A guy walks into a pastor's office and says to the pastor, I need you to pray for my hearing. So the pastor spits in his own hands and cups the guy's ears. Then he says, in the name of Jesus Christ, be healed. Then he slaps the guy's forehead so hard, his head jerks back. And the guy flops onto the ground. Staggered, the guy gets back up and the pastor says to him, so how's your hearing? And the guy says, I'll let you know. It's not till next Thursday. That's a good one. That's a pretty good yeah, one. Yeah, it is a one. Oh, hey, hey, okay, okay, wait, 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 wait. I got one. <sighs> so, so, this preacher in town leaves no doubt he's against alcohol, you see. So, he gets up one Sunday in the pulpit and he says, I wish I could take all the beer in this town and throw it in the river. And then he says, then I would take all the whiskey in this town and throw it all in the river. And then he says, and I would take all the wine in this town and toss it in the river. And then he sits back down. And the choir director gets up to announce the next hymn and he says, let us now stand and sing our closing hymn. Shall we gather by the river? <laughs> Good one. All right. All right. Listen. Are all these jokes about preachers? Because really, I, I don't think they're all that funny at all, to be honest with you. Okay, I've got one more. Uh, a Hindu monk, a Jewish rabbi, and a Methodist preacher were uh, traveling together. They stopped for the night at a farm. The farmer said, I have room in the house for two of you, and the third one will have to sleep in the barn. The Hindu monk says, I volunteer. A few minutes later, there's a knock at the door. The Hindu monk comes in and says, I'm sorry, there's a cow out there, and cows are sacred, so I can't sleep in the barn. The rabbi says, okay, I'll go. Soon, there's a knock at the door, and the rabbi comes in and said, I apologize, but there's a pig out there, and pigs are unclean, so I can't sleep in the barn. That's right. The Methodist preacher says, fine, I'll go. A few minutes later, there's a knock at the door. It's the pig and the cow. <laughs> All right. All right. That is not very funny. Ah, oh, come on, oh. it's a little funny. <laughs> all right, well, listen, let me ask you. You seem to know a lot of religious jokes. Peter, are you connected to a church at all? Oh, yeah, I go to a church down the street. Been going ever since the change happened. The change? Yep, the change in my heart. Used to be all wrapped up with myself, chasing things that I thought made me happy, but only brought more worry. Burnt myself out at the job, nearly ruined my marriage. Definitely made some unhealthy choices with my body and my finances. Just about lost it all. Ah, Peter, I didn't know anything about this about you. Yep, until I met Jesus. Totally turned my life around. Started living with a new sense of purpose and meaning. Let go of trying to impress others. Just focused on living the right kind of life. Oh, a real transformation, uh-huh. Well, that's great. No turning back, eh? Well, not exactly. I think a lot about the life I lived before. In fact, every day I think about my life before Jesus. 
Because you're tempted to go back? No, not at all. To remember how far I've come. They're like the scars that don't go away. They're the proof that God has done something in my life. Hey, how about another scone, Trixie? Wait, 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 hold on, just a bit. What did you say? Hey, how about another scone? No, no, no. Why, you want one too, Pastor McGriddle? No, no. I mean about the scars. Oh, the scars. I keep them in my mind to remind me of what God has done. Hmm. Proof of the resurrection, huh? What? Hey, thanks, Peter. Uh, see ya, Trixie. I, I gotta go. Ciao! Suddenly, my mind was racing a mile a minute. How do you convince a guy like D. Thomas Thompson that the resurrection was real? It dawned on me that the resurrection was so much bigger than an event that happened 2,000 years ago. The proof of the resurrection is in the way God is still transforming lives, still turning people around, still bringing dead things back to life. And then I thought about all the people I've talked to over my years in ministry who used to live a life of misery and sorrow, and now they had the mental and emotional scars to prove it. Where's the proof of the resurrection for people like Thomas? It's in the scars. I ran back to my office. And I started typing my sermon for the Sunday after Easter. And as soon as I typed the last word and the last period, I picked up my phone. Hello? Thomas speaking. Yeah, hello, Downing. Uh, I mean, um, hello, Thomas. Uh, say, listen, I, I think I've solved your case. Uh, maybe you can come to worship at the church this Sunday. Uh, maybe we can talk then, huh? Yeah, sure, preacher. See you then. And then, on that Sunday morning, I took to the pulpit and I delivered the sermon. And so on this week after Easter, dear friends, we remember that death is not our story's end. For Jesus was raised from the tomb, from the dead, and conquered the grave and turned it on its head. Now granted, I know this tale's hard to believe. There's so much about this our mind can't conceive. If there's one thing we know, it's that dead things stay dead. There's no way they bounce back to life here instead. That fact is a barrier for many, I know. It's the part of the faith that's too hard to swallow. If only we had some evidence, some proof that resurrection is real and this story had truth. Well, if proof's what you need, then I've got it for you in the form of some witnesses I'll introduce. The first one is Mary, Mary Margarine, uh, Mary Magdalene. She was a woman who was caught in her sin, condemned by society, and then she met Jesus, and in him she found nothing short of forgiveness. She was 
resurrected to a whole brand new life beyond all her guilt and beyond all her strife. And so, when that glorious Easter morn came, she knew that her life would never be the same. And then there was Peter, the zealous Red Bull. His transformed life was unbelievable. He was bold in belief and a zealot in Zion. But when asked if he knew Christ, he began to deny him. But then, on that Easter, his whole life was changed. His values, his priorities, they were rearranged. From that moment on, he was a man reborn, and on him the church would be built and be born. But that is not all of the evidence you see of how resurrection has now come to be. Don't just look to those who lived long, long ago. Think of the stories of the people you know, of those that we know who were heading toward death and spiraling downward with each passing breath, addictions, resentments, guilt, longing, and shame, darkness of all of the sorts you can name. Then Jesus came in, turned their lives around, took their whole worlds and turned them upside down. Not just Peter and Paul, not just Matthew and Mary, but people alive now, people like you and like me. You see, God is still in the resurrection business, breathing new life in our twisted, warped mess. If you're looking for how a dead body can live, if you really want proof and some way to believe, then Look for how God brings us new life indeed. That's all the evidence that you really need. For those times when we are like doubting Thomas, for that skeptical part that's inside all of us, here's your advice. Just remember Jesus. Remember the scars that Jesus bore for us. And those scars from your past, well, they're helpful too to remind us that in Christ, life can be renewed. Just say yes to Christ. Make Him Lord through and through, and your life can be evidence that resurrection is true. In the name of our God, who created the heavens, redeemed us, sustained us, we all say amen. I stepped down from the pulpit. I was grateful to finish yet another sermon. I looked at the congregation and I saw Thomas right there sitting near the back. He gave me a little nod and a bit of a smile. I think it was his way of saying, I get it, thanks. I walked toward the narthex to get ready to greet people after the service and the first person in line was Peter. Hey preacher, good sermon. Did you hear the one about the guy who got up in the middle of the sermon and told the preacher he needed a haircut? The preacher says, why didn't you get one before the worship service? And the guy says, because I didn't need one before the worship service. <laughs> ow, 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 right, ow. It's-
shines a bright day in a city that knows how to keep its secrets. And in the corner office of a Methodist church, one pastor is still searching for answers to life's most persistent questions. Magreta Vega, preacher guy. Angela Marcus, Brian Wade, Isaiah Isil on sound, Colleen, the tech booth. Good job, guys. Well done.